Welcome, everybody, to the Ride In NFL DFS podcast, the Week 10 Lineup Review, Takeaway, and Monday Night Showdown Edition. Brought to you by FanShareSports.com. Head on over to FanShareSports.com today. Take a look at their buzz ratings and ownership tools to help you gain leverage on the field. Side note, a FanShareSports.com user took home the DraftKings millionaire maker this week. So congrats to him, Simba Jones on Twitter, I believe. Shouted out FanShare Sports last night. Awesome hit. Uh, Great job, Simba Jones. Okay. So week 10 was good to us uh, for the most part. Uh, If you listened to the Saturday update, I kind of made it pretty clear that I thought it was a two-lineup type of week. There was just too many viable plays after Christian McCaffrey and Michael Thomas. So I did create two cash game lineups. However, I did put into play uh, the strategy that I said I was going to use and not split them 50-50. I created a main lineup that was about 70% of my cash game bankroll and a secondary lineup that was about 30% of my cash game bankroll. Both squads had Christian McCaffrey, Michael Thomas, Rhett Ellison, and A.J. Brown. The lineup that smashed had Lamar, Damian Williams, Ronald Jones, Christian Kirk, and the Steelers defense. And the lineup that was not so great had Drew Brees, Jalen Samuels, David Montgomery, Adam Humphreys, and the Browns defense. Um, So basically on those cash game lineups, I just thought that it was a week where there were too many viable plays. Then Damian Williams came into play, and I thought he needed to be in a cash game lineup if he was going to get the majority of the Chiefs' touches. Um, It was a week where, you know, I mean, Christian Kirk's ownership was through the roof, which kind of surprised me. Uh, I landed on him basically uh, because I thought I needed a piece of the Cardinals offense and I didn't have Kyler Murray. So he's really why I slotted him into that cash game lineup. I really didn't think he was going to be that highly owned, Um, but that ended up working out. Obviously, David Montgomery just dust, terrible. Um, And then I did play Adam Humphreys, who kind of lucked out at the end there and snagged that touchdown in the in the waning minutes to save his value Um, but overall pretty good week the lineup my main lineup was the lineup that uh, actually ended up being the good lineup so that worked out takeaways I think that the mobile QBs strike again Uh, you know Lamar Jackson better than Drew Brees Lamar Jackson Kyler Murray even to an extent, Jeff Driscoll. Uh, he kind of hopped on the scene on Saturday, late Saturday, early uh, Sunday. And, you know, he's a mobile quarterback that did pretty well. Um, Drew Brees, you know, when he has a floor game like that, he's just not going to put up many fantasy points. Whereas these mobile quarterbacks add a touchdown just on their rushing upside. Um, that said, though, if you played Drew Brees, like I did in one of my cash lineups, do not fault yourself. That's like a 1% outcome. Uh, one of the worst secondaries and worst pass rushes in the league on a 1-7 team that have just been beat up by everybody goes into New Orleans uh, against a healthy Saints team and uh, somehow holds them to no passing touchdowns like n- will happen once uh, in 100 tries. And yesterday just so happened to be that 1%. 
from there, I think we have learned that the DFS industry is getting much sharper. Um, you know, similar to Peter Overzet's parody video. If you, if you don't know Pete, check him out at Pete Overzet on Twitter. He puts out some great video content. Uh, some of it just absolutely hilarious when he does the the parody videos. Uh, but a few weeks ago, or maybe even last week, it was about how sharp the DFS industry is getting. I mean, Will Fuller, like 50% owned after going dud, dud, dud three weeks in a row. And then he's 50% owned on the week that he puts up 40 fantasy points. Uh, Christian Kirk, um, you know, a, a pretty good play. I thought he was he was a solid play for 15 or 15 points. You know, I thought he, that was about his medium projection. But Christian Kirk, 35% owned in most double-ups or more. Uh, and he has the game of his life, three touchdowns. So, you know, the DFS industry, just getting a little bit sharper. You know, it's not all about chasing box scores anymore. There's a ton of projections out there. People understand that players can go off in spots despite the fact that they haven't been playing well recently. Um, so the DFS industry definitely getting sharper. And then game script. Um, you know, I played two Titans wide receivers in my one cash lineup and you might think like that's thin and it, it ended up being thin. But if you look back on it, uh, I think the, the thought process was correct. Adam Humphreys has 10 or more fantasy points in every game that he played 60% of the snaps or more this week without Corey Davis. I thought that was definitely going to happen. AJ Brown has been has seen seven or more targets in two of his last three games. I thought the game script would be the Titans would need to, you know, throw the ball a ton in the second half. And it, it kind of was that way. It worked out. I mean, if you told me that the Titans were going to score 35 fantasy points or excuse me, 35 real life points and AJ Brown and Adam Humphreys weren't going to get a catch till the last drive, I would have told you you were nuts. You were lying to me. Um, and then when I, when I thought about it, you know, to combine, they were, they were a seven point, whatever K receiver. Right. Um, and I thought that they both had medium projections with Corey Davis out of between 12 and 15 points. So when you put that together, you're getting a 7K receiver between the both of them. And they have the, I thought, the ability to score 24 to 30 fantasy points. Uh, I thought it wasn't that thin of a play. Um, it ended up being a very uh, costly play for that secondary cash lineup. That I created, but I mean, even if they went off, that lineup didn't have Kirk. It had Breeze, so it was toast from the get-go. And then the last takeaway was just is just about processing information quickly. Uh, you know, Lashawn McCoy is surprised and active. Damian Williams just shakes everything up with an hour and a half to go. Um, that kind of solidified the fact that I was playing two cash game lineups. I thought that he was. Um, just as good a play as David Montgomery, so I got him in instead of David Montgomery. And then to get Lamar, Michael Thomas, and Christian McCaffrey in the same lineup, I had to drop down to Ronald Jones. I didn't think that it was the greatest play. Uh, I still don't think, I mean, like, Ronald Jones got there, but Luck boxed, Luck boxed a touchdown and then got most of his production through the through the air, which is not something that I was counting on. Um, but when I was running the lineups, you know, having Lamar, Michael Thomas, and Christian McCaffrey uh, in there and, you know, basically accounting for 100 points themselves, 
I felt like the projected workload for Ronald Jones at 4,300 was good enough. So we got there using Ronald Jones. Okay, on to the Monday night showdown slate. I feel like I have my finger on the pulse of this slate. Uh, I think that box score watchers and game log watchers are going to have a incorrect impression of this game. So I think we do have a little bit of edge on the field with a little bit of research. Uh, so starting off, I think, you know, if, you, if you're projecting a shootout, obviously Wilson and Garoppolo are both going to be in play. I think I'm going to be a little bit underweight on Garoppolo because with Mike McGlinchey, Joe Staley, and Kyle Juszczyk back, I think the 49ers are going to try to run the ball a little bit more, uh, and we'll talk about that in a second. So obviously Russ just matchup proof, and I think the 49ers defensive prowess has been a little bit because of the matchups that they have had. Um, we saw last week Kyler Murray, mobile quarterback, kind of gave them some trouble. So I don't mind playing Russ as well. But as always, make sure that your correlations and your your showdown lineups are correlated correctly. Um, like you don't want to play Seattle's defense in the captain and then play five 49ers offensive players in the flex spots. That I feel like is you know goes without saying. Um, but let's let's go position by position position by position here and uh, see who we like. So I think Rashad Penny is kind of being phased out of the offense. The only way that he would have a significant role in this game is if the Seahawks absolutely get blown out of the water to start the game. Uh, They're down a few touchdowns and they're in just like hurry up throw mode for most of the game. I don't think that's the case. He's only played 15% of the snaps the last three weeks. Uh, So I think they are more comfortable with Carson in a three down roll. And I like the fact that we can count on Carson to to rack up a, a few receptions in this game. I think Coleman is better than Breida tonight. Uh, you know, it looks, you know, Breida got more carries last week on that Thursday night game. He had more yards. He was more effective than Coleman. Uh, but Coleman was coming off that monster smash 40-point fantasy week on a short week. And uh, most of Breida's uh, production actually came uh, at least most of his touches came in the late third, fourth quarter when the 49ers had a double-digit lead, despite the fact that the Cardinals made it closer towards the end. So I think Coleman is definitely the better play there, but I, I don't mind using some some Breida as well. But I think potentially the key to unlocking this slate is another 49ers backfield player, and that is Kyle Juszczyk from the fullback position. The 49ers love to run uh, a version of, you know, John Gruden's spider 2 wide banana. It's a play fake. It looks like Kyle Juszczyk is going to kick out the defensive end or the linebacker, uh, and then he's in the flat, and they can hit him hot if it's a, uh, if he's open, and it's happened quite often. He is uh, on play fakes, often the, one of the, the reads and I think that at 600, if he catches a couple passes, uh, potentially gets a fullback dive, you know, just absolutely smashes value, if that's the case. From there, uh, and I think one of the ways we can get contrarian is using two of those players in the same lineup, right? Coleman and Brita, or Coleman and Juszczyk, I think will be 
pretty contrarian. Um, at wide receiver, obviously, if you're stacking up Ross Lockett and DK Metcalf are, are going to be one of or both are going to be in your stacks if you think it's going to be a shootout. And then I think we have to plant our flag in either David Moore or Josh Gordon. So um, Jaron Brown and Malik Turner, I think, you know, they're just not going to see enough snaps to be worthwhile. They may score on like a lucky four wide receiver set, one of the eight snaps they play, sure. But I don't think they're going to have enough uh, snaps to be viable. But when I, what I mean when I say plant your flag on David Moore or Josh Gordon, you know, David Moore played 55% of the snaps. Last week, he sees uh, pretty consistent targets. If you think that Gordon's not going to see a significant role, they're going to kind of got it kind of going to um, you know work him in slowly into the offense then you go with David Moore if you think they're going to put Gordon on the field right from the get-go then I think you go Josh Gordon whichever you choose I don't think that either player uh, is going to have success together right so I don't think Moore and Gordon are both going to go off in this game if one's on the field the other one's probably not so in your builds make sure that they are not uh, at least not in the same lineups. As far as the 49ers receivers go, Emmanuel Sanders has pretty much played every snap since he stepped onto the field in San Francisco, so he's obviously in play. And then as far as the tertiary receivers that, you know, they trot out there, Debo Samuel, since coming back, uh, he's really seen the most snaps, like around 70% the last few weeks. And that has been at the expense of Kendrick Bourne, and Dante Pettis. They've gone from about 90% of snaps in the middle of the season down to 30%. Again, just like, you know, Jaron Brown, Malik Turner, sure, they'll be on the, the field for 10 to 12, 15 snaps, and sure, they can catch a touchdown pass on one of their two targets. But I don't think uh, that they are a very smart play. And then at tight end, Ross Dwelly is probably going to see a ton of ownership with George Kittle out. I like him as a play, but just know that he's probably going to be 30, 40, 50% owned in your showdown lineups. And then we have to go at the Seattle tight ends based on game script, right? So Luke Wilson is more of the inline blocker. Two weeks ago when the Seahawks had a monster lead on the Falcons, we saw him play a ton of snaps, a ton more snaps than Jacob Hollister. And, uh, you know, they were kind of trying to run out the clock, etc. So if you think the Seahawks defense is going to have success, then that lends credence to Carson and Luke Wilson uh, being in some of your lineups because, you know, the defense is playing well. That means Carson's running the ball. That means Luke Wilson's on the field more. He could potentially catch a play-action touchdown. If you think it's going to be an offensive game, you think it's going to be, you know, a little bit more of a shootout, then I would go with Jacob Hollister. Okay, so just a quick recap of how I think we can get contrarian tonight in our showdown lineups. Uh, the first one is Kyle Juszczyk. I think he, you know, spider to y banana. Play fakes, get him out into the flat. Potentially, if they have like a pass interference on the end zone and they are down at the one-yard line, they can go fullback dive. And at his salary, a touchdown or a couple catches absolutely smashes and it lets you get everything else that you want into your lineup. Uh, I think we take a stand on either David Moore or Josh Gordon. I think Josh Gordon will probably be a little bit more popular, so at a much lower price, David Moore uh, could potentially be a dart throw in a few of your lineups. 
Uh, I like getting two 49ers running backs into a lineup as well. And then obviously uh, either Luke Wilson or Jacob Hollister. Uh, Probably not both, uh, but one of those players uh, could definitely open up a lot of things uh, depending on the game script that you think is going to uh, unfold. So those are the contrarian plays, and I just want to reiterate that you know you're not playing all four of those scenarios, right? You're not going two uh, Niners running backs and then all three cheap tight ends. Obviously, that's not going to get it done. But employing one or two of those strategies around a core of the uh, you know the higher ceiling plays like Russ Wilson, like Emmanuel Sanders, like Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Chris Carson slotting one of those contrarian ideas uh, around a bit of a chalkier lineup will definitely um, make your lineup unique and give you a chance to solo cash the top slot. Uh, You know, a lot of times lineups are duplicated to the max in these showdown contests. And to be honest, you know, it might seem like the optimal play and that's great for cash games. But the last thing that you want to do is, you know, chop first place with 60 of your closest friends okay guys that will do it for the week 10 review edition of the ride in nfl dfs podcast as always rate review subscribe do all that kind of stuff on whatever platform you listen to this podcast on i appreciate you listening happy veterans day enjoy the game tonight we will be back on thursday for the week 11 rundown see you guys